everyone, and welcome to Another Bite, where we rewatch the most innovative and intriguing pitches from Shark Tank. I'm Jory, and I'm joined by Ariel. Hi, friends. And John. Hey, everybody. I love baseball. The peanuts, the Cracker Jacks, the hot dogs. Well, maybe I just love food. Just kidding. I used to live in Boston. I'm all about that Red Sox life. Speaking of champions, today we've got a bit of a heavy hitter. Will this product be a home run or will it be a swing and a miss? Our founder may be young, but hey, folks, this is the major leagues. More after this brief sponsored break, also probably featuring me. Ouch. Growing pains hurt. And when you're a marketer trying to generate leads for your startup, you know the pain all too well. Thankfully, there's HubSpot for startups. It's a special program that gives startups discounts on HubSpot and so much more. But first, let's talk about the platform. The platform unites your entire front office from marketing to sales to support. The platform that streamlines your support tickets, generates more leads and increases sales. The platform that scales right along with you. HubSpot for startups has it all. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com startups. Batter up, baby, because today do we have the product for you. Today's product is Glove Wrap, and Glove Wrap is brought to us by Gavin, Morgan, and John. They're asking for $50,000 for 20% in their company, which is a $250,000 valuation. Now, their product, which the name may suggest, is an elastic band that essentially is designed to break in the shape of a perfect baseball glove. But in terms of just visualizing it, it's what it sounds like. It's a neon yellow thing that you just wrap and wrap and wrap around your glove. It's rubber. Yeah, it looks like the little leg stretchy things. Yeah, it's a wide elastic. It looks like maybe if you had like a horrible leg injury, you'd like wrap that around it or something like that. Thinking about our pitch and our product and our unexpectedly young founders, what are our thoughts about glove wrap? We love a good father-son duo. I thought it was wholesome. I think it's cute. I love any time that a parent is trying to instill business concepts in their children. But with that said, it did rub me a little bit the wrong way hearing Gavin just spew out all of these numbers as a child. Oh, it no. just didn't feel natural to me. I don't know. Why did it rub you the wrong way? <laughs> I mean, you could tell the passion's there. He's excited about his product. His dad is, you know, help leading him along. Like, it's very wholesome, but just something fell off when he was going into the numbers and the details. See, that's the thing that actually <laughs> felt right to me. Mm. Kids show up on Shark Tank a little more than you would expect, right? Yeah. A couple times a season, a kid shows up. Sure. And it seems like they kind of fall into three buckets. Mm. There's like the pity kids, which <laughs> yeah. is like, I, as a parent, had an idea and I'm just going to like bring my kid along yeah. because you won't be mean to me if I bring my kid along, right? Right. It turns out the shark's they're still pretty mean yeah, to the they're adult. pretty mean. The second bucket is, you know, my kid had this amazing idea, but they have no idea what to do bucket. Mm-hmm. And don't you want to make their dream come true? Mm-hmm. And then there's the third bucket. And this is the first time I've ever seen a kid fall into the third bucket, mm. which is the like, oh my God, this kid is absolutely freaking incredible. And you have yeah. to fund him bucket. The kid has an idea, has launched the product, knows every single detail of the business and runs the whole pitch. That third bucket, those are a grand slam to invest in, in my opinion. But it's true. He did start rattling off those numbers. He knew his business because you find out that even though it's a pretty simple product, the origin story came from like a real problem. The child was having trouble breaking in their baseball glove. And that's pretty standard if you're like in Little League and your parents buy you a new glove. But 
clearly it's not a problem from nothing because they've sold over a thousand of these glove wraps. So $19,000 in sales by the time they're making it to Shark Tank. So it's not just passion, it's kind of working. Yeah, we use the vitamin versus painkiller analogy mm-hmm. a lot on this show and talk about like what category things fall in. And the idea is a vitamin is something that hypothetically makes your life better, but you don't absolutely need it to live. And a painkiller is like, something that actually improves your day-to-day life and takes some pain away. And the interesting thing is like, this is a definite painkiller, but for a market that I just know like very little about. And like, Mm -hmm. it's not a problem that I experience. Sometimes it's hard when you look at these products to say like, is there a market for this? And is this a good idea? And is it a painkiller? And I actually think listening to this kid pitch and then looking into the baseball glove market a little bit, I think it's a real painkiller. I think it's a huge pain to break in a baseball glove. And it turns out there's four and a half million baseball gloves sold in the U.S. every year. Wow. So like even if you get, a you know, that. 10% of those, you're still going to have a decent solid business to run and grow. But what's our thoughts on like defensibility? Knowing that all of us probably aren't in this target audience, I did some research too on like alternative methods and seems like you can break in a baseball glove for, you know, if you can MacGyver it a little bit with some rubber bands, that there's cheaper ways to potentially have a solution or that painkiller. So I'm just wondering, will this have enough legs to stand on? It seems like there's nothing really as cohesively nicely as packaged as this, but didn't know. Yeah, there's two ways to look at the defensibility aerial. Mm-hmm. One way is the alternatives, right? Mm-hmm. And Michael Porter has this like five forces framework, which talks about basically like a competitive position. And one of the hmm. forces is substitution, mm-hmm. right? And so like, yeah, instead of buying this product, you could substitute it in rubber bands and you could like dump orange juice on it and like, you know, do a seance over <laughs> it to like try and it. get the glove broken. <laughs> yeah. in. I'm pretty sure that we used to microwave yeah. our baseball Everybody did something. You like stick it in the dishwasher. Like, not ideal. Okay, so there really is no yeah. universal you alternative. You put it under your mattress for like three nights and exactly three nights. Like the fourth <laughs> night, it'll be too broken. On a full like, moon. You know, <laughs> yeah. need a werewolf to like use it for a game of catch. <laughs> Once a blue moon out. <laughs> exactly. So that is one on the defensibility side area is the substitutes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably the biggest risk is people will be like, yeah, Maybe I need that, but like, I don't know. I got a bag of rubber bands at home and it's worked before. And so I think actually the thing that you do to combat that risk and that competitive threat is actually ensure that it's priced appropriately. You basically Mm -hmm. need the right placement and the right pricing, I think, to pull that off. So it needs to be where baseball gloves are sold and it needs to be priced in a way that it is not too much money to actually take a risk on trying it out. And the second bucket around defensibility, I think, is a competitor being like, well, I'm going to launch this product or an incumbent saying, I want to launch this product. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my thoughts on that are it's probably not so big of a business that the incumbents would actually find it that attractive to build and launch the business line or for some competitive product to really come in. And so I actually think they've got this like unique window where the market is big hmm. enough where they can make a bunch of money and be profitable and return on the investment from investors, but is not so big that it would attract real competitive threats. Really? I don't know if I agree with that, John. Like, I could see very easily some of these bigger names coming in and extending that line because they already have the materials for it. They already have very similar products in market just saying, hey, we're coming in at a $14.99 price point, so we're going to undercut you guys coming in at $19.99. I don't know. They could. I just think the way that big companies tend to look at launching new products is they say, what's the total market size? How much of that can we capture? And does it cross some number? Mm -hmm. 
Like every company has got some internal number that they're like, if that business can't be X hundred million dollars, we just shouldn't launch it because there's better ways to spend our money. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just feels as though like it's never going to get to the internal hurdle for like a big company like Rawlings or whoever. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I think that it would be hard is like I think there's an internal benchmark for projects to get funded. And this one will just like slip through the cracks every time. It's too small. Yeah, I agree. I think it's too niche. Yeah. They could be out there funding like big league chew to get kids used to <laughs> chewing tobacco before. Dark conspiracies. Can yeah. Can you believe that was a great. thing? It was like, hey, yeah. why don't you buy this pack of bubble gum called big league chew? The bubble gum to tobacco pipeline was there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Crazy. I don't know. Like it strikes me as this is going to be something that a parent potentially buys their younger child and it's little league. I feel like this is an add on to a baseball glove. Mm -hmm. If your point stands, which I think is true, Jory, that the majority of sales here are going to be for youth baseball gloves. Mm -hmm. The thing to remember is that everybody says they're going to feed the dog every day and walk the dog every day as a kid, Fair. but they never do. <laughs> Who does right. it? The parent. <laughs> the parent. Like the yeah. person who's <laughs> MacGyvering the baseball glove is actually mom or dad and mom or dad is like really busy. And when they're buying the True. baseball glove, they're probably like, oh my gosh, I should just buy this and do it. So to me, I would be super functional, which is That's like, fair. you know, break in baseball glove and half the time with no effort. And like, I think people would just buy it. We did have some sharks that really saw the potential of glove wrap. Michael and Mark offered a deal for $50,000 for 22%, just a little above the original ask of 20%, which I felt like, oh, it's because there's the child, isn't there? But ultimately, the kid was a bit business savvy because a deal was struck and Glove Rap walked away with a deal with Michael and Mark. Michael is obviously in the sports industry. Yeah. His first customer was big five sporting goods mm. and this kid's first yeah. customer was big five sporting Aww. goods. And so like this kid's like on a Michael Rubin path. Yeah. I'm sure Michael looks at this and is like, I don't know how big this product yeah. will be, but like this kid is on a path just like me. Yeah. This is yeah. so great. Like how can you not want to encourage this kid and reinvest to keep being yeah. an entrepreneur? Because this business is only the start, mm -hmm. but in reality, when he's 23 or 24 years old, he'll probably have already launched two or three businesses if he gets the right That's support and wild. learns his stuff. And then he's going to go on to be like a life-changing entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I feel like this is one of those where it's like, he's not done yet. He's like all of what, 10? Got a few more like, years out of him. Yeah. And peaking. if Michael Rubin is a backer of his, mm -hmm. Michael Rubin will probably sure. get a crack at every future business that that kid has, yeah. you know? Win-win. My only disappointment about this whole thing was that they didn't make a pun about pitching. Mm. You know, this is a whole show built around the idea of pitching. And this was a baseball glove product. We were so close. Uh, it was a kid really who came thrown, up with the you know, pitch. Kind of was like, you know, maybe just throw just, one down the middle. I understand like, puns need yet. one pun. <laughs> yeah. And maybe he doesn't know puns yet. All right. Listen, Michael That's Rubin true. and Mark Cuban are going to teach you about business. I'm going to offer Jory up to teach you about puns because Jory is a pun master. The pun master. Home run. That's a wrap on glove wrap, folks. Today's episode was written and produced by the mythical Matthew Brown. Additional support comes from Melanie Romero and editing from Robert Hartwig. If you're a fan of the show, meh, even if you're not a fan of the show, tell a friend. Word of mouth is the best way to support the show. That does it for me. We'll see you next episode here in the tank for another bite.